Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 49, The Impact of the Nintendo Switch. With me, George, and as always joined by Tom, switched on to my switched off. How's it going? Hey, mate. Uh, I'm good, thank you. Well, holding up as, as we all can in the, the current situation, but it's uh, nice to be at home with, with my family and um, spending some time with them and playing some video games. But um, very good. enough of that. Yes. yes. Uh, are, are you okay? I am very well. Oh, Always. I, well. I see by your Assassin's Creed ever-growing uh, completion list that you're doing very well indeed. Yeah, in a week, finish Black Flag 4. Well, no, Black Flag 4? No, Assassin's Creed <laughs> Black Flag. Before we dive into that, Tom, you are deviating yeah. from the railroad tracks, which help keep this show alive and well and heading from one place to the other, A to B, from beginning to end. So we'll give them a quick rundown. In a very quick moment, we'll ask each other what we're hoping to play. Then we have the very latest, hottest, red-hot, white-hot news. Then we have the feature which James the Work Experience Boy has been locked in an understairs cupboard. We pass through a bottle of water doused in Jace fluid, so there's no corona. <laughs> so if anyone falls down, we can always have a script. So we keep him in the understairs cupboard. Feel the producer, we do. Feel the producer's throat chopping. He's saying that uh, enforced child labour and kidnapping is not okay, so maybe he'll edit that out. I don't know. Um, then We'll leave that up to him. We'll leave that up to him. Then we have the uh, new releases. The man survived, Stingray, the cull of Farmerton, but he's stepped <laughs> out and he's still keeping spirits high. And then I ask you what you're hoping to play. But before the show starts proper, Tom, Odders, grip your PlayStation 1 driving wheel because you quarantine, friend. You can't go out. <laughs> Probably a Mad Cats one or something. He's doing well for himself, Tom. He's upgraded to the Mad Cats PlayStation 1 official drive, unofficial driving wheel. Maybe a Mad Odd Cat. Mad Odd Cat, maybe. <laughs> grip, grip that knurled 50p charity shot bargain. Tom, what have you been playing? Well, uh, again, I've a, a reasonable amount of time when I'm not busy with family stuff uh, or doing any other things to play some more Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, thoroughly enjoying that still. I'm about the 30-hour mark now, so I'm not quite sure how long the game is. The opinions seem to vary depending on the side quest. Um, I, I love the characters. The four main characters are really well done. They stand the test of time, and obviously I think they've been fleshed out a bit more. Um, the music is just wonderful. Like, I've heard great things about it in the past and it's really blown me away. I'm definitely looking to pick the soundtrack up when I can or if it becomes available. Uh, yeah, really impressive. I was a bit disappointed last Friday because that was when the game officially came out. I've had it a bit before then uh, that there hasn't been a patch to sort these textures out. I know I'm nitpicking, but when you have the quality of the character models and how well they look, it's a shame then that when you go to certain environments and look at the backgrounds, they're really, really badly pixelated. and um, it's, a, it's a shame. It does take you out of it a little bit. It's still very much a, a linear experience. Like There's no big open world areas. It's just these areas you work your way 
three, but because the story is so strong, it just gels really well. Um, and you, the the combat is is phenomenal. Um, it's a great like culmination of of real time and turn based coming together. Some people are probably not going to like it, but for me, who I like sort of an action game like Devil May Cry, it kind of steers more to that than the traditional turn based. Uh, there's some summons in there as well. I won't spoil what they are, but they're back and they're really spectacular. The way that the graphics are are used uh, with a lot of the effects uh, for the different elements, fire, ice, so forth. Uh, a lot of you all know some of the spirits or the summons that, that have been in previous Final Fantasy games. But yeah, really enjoying that. Uh, some more Call of Duty Battle Royal. Uh, I haven't picked up a solo win yet, finding that really tough. Um, I know a few of the loyal... You? It's good Everyone's one, mate. Just... My cat's I know. got a solo win on Cod Warfare. <laughs> Yeah, but he's pretty fussed with those paws, isn't he? Well, he ain't got a foot, um, though. You've got to think about that. So he's having to like, work <laughs> twice as hard. Maybe he's got the Xbox adaptive controller. What a great idea that was, by the way. We should just shout that out. I haven't um, seen that. So unless he's got an Xbox One and the... He has. He's, oh, he has, he, I see. He snuck it out, yeah. yeah. Um, I've played a bit of uh, Streets Rage 2 on the Mega Drive Mini. I've cracked that out. Uh, which I've enjoyed. Just getting ready for the potential release of Streets Rage 4, which might be rumoured to be coming out next week um, as a digital release. And then I believe, obviously, there's a physical edition um, through one of those limited-run games uh, or providers. Uh, I know one of our listeners has picked that up. I'm quite jealous. It looks real cool with the sort of Mega Drive Genesis uh, box and everything. Um, oh, right. So, yeah, it looks real nice, that. Uh, a million Doom copies Eter- of Sonic just gave up their lives so they could have yeah. a, a spare yeah. Genesis boxes. Um, Doom Eternal, uh, doing my second run through of that. Uh, just that's that's really enjoyable. I spoke a bit about that, so I'm not going to into depth. Um, there is uh, just going back. Well, to hang on a minute. Seven. If anyone's listening now and wants a history yes. of Doom, go to next, last week's yes. episode. Yeah, including sort of uh, impressions of Doom Eternal as well. So it's it's very up to date and it's a, a great little history of part of our series we do when we look back at a particular um, game series or console or um, or various other things really that we've done over the course of a year. Uh, so there's a great wealth of back catalogue stuff there for you to drop back and have a listen to uh, while everyone's off over this uh, well, most of us, most of us are, are off in lockdown. So please help yourselves. It's all free to listen to uh, and available on all um, podcast channels. Available Spotify. One. Yeah, the whole That's shebang. The whole lot. Stitch your tune in. If you want yeah. to leave a review on any of those, or in fact, I've had some new news, Tom. What's you know Podchaser. You know we were the number one gaming podcast on Podchaser. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, any review that gets left on Podchaser right now, 50p goes to the NHS to help fight corona. Wow. Exactly. Right, guys. And well, I do believe you know. they might be doubling it as well at some point in time as well. So doubling up the money for the reviews. So well, that's fantastic. Were, if you were sitting on the fence, you're at home, you've already platted six different tapestries of the whole of the Sonic 1 level, if you've done that and you're thinking, oh, what else can I do? Go on, Podchaser, leave a review. We've done it. And at the end of the day, you might help kill Corona. There you go. That does it. It does not. 
uh, that's that's a great incentive for people to leave reviews and and uh, it really help us out as well promoting the show. So as yeah, always, Tom if- went a little early there. If we'd held off our Podchaser uh, campaign, we could really be right at the forefront now. We but- could, but uh, never mind. Uh, just dropping back to uh, getting back to the games, Final Fantasy VII remake. There is uh, a friend of mine's come across a, a glitch at the thirty-hour mark. He was on a mission. And all the audio, speaking audio, uh, just stopped and went really quiet. Uh, he said it cleared up after that mission and it went back to normal. But just so people are aware, uh, that's there. There are obviously subtitles, so it does. Uh, you're still okay. But I'm hoping they'll probably patch that out. You don't think uh, after yeah. 30 hours of playing the game, he sort of maybe lent on his remote and knocked the volume down? Yeah, maybe had a bit of hallucination and thought they were actually real characters and just got a bit got a bit freaky maybe so yeah, maybe you know, yeah you don't um, you know. i've i've dabbled a little bit just closing out with uh overwatch there's a new hero available called echo um Ooh, really really cool news. really cool damage hero um i obviously play as tank so someone else was playing as echo and they were pulling off some really great stuff and it's going to mix up the uh the meta quite a lot uh, and what sort of the best team to run is. Uh, she has like a cloning ability that she can clone any character when she gets a ultimate ability, which is quite smart and uh, very sort of sneaky. But yeah, that's uh, about it for me this week. How about what you've been playing? Well, I'm sure all that over Overwatch twaddle meant something to someone. Yes, uh, sorry if I was using jargon, but uh, the fans are the fans and the fans that aren't fans are not. Uh, so in interwoven in there somewhere, I think the ego managed to ask me what I'd been playing. Well, of course, Tom, I'm down. <laughs> uh, when we last spoke, and the fans had last been here, we just I just finished Assassin's Creed Three, and I was about to rear into Assassin's Creed Four, and Black, aka Black Flag, and that was. Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't like it. So you you fully finished it now, and you still not like you still haven't liked it from start um, to finish. I, there were a couple yeah. of standout missions, but for the most part, I didn't like any of the characters. To be honest, not that. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's because Assassin's Creed Three had such a big opinion, a uh, big effect on me. But the naval combat. Maybe I'm a bit of a geek, but I thought it was a bit lacking. Yeah. Um, I thought the world was... Again, this seems strange to say this, because I'm going to move on to another game in a minute, but it felt like the world was a little bit too sort of spread out. It felt like the graphics had took a nosedive after three as well. Like, I know the there's bits of it where you think, oh, that's beautiful, or oh, wow, that's a great-looking game. But maybe it was because it was too sunny. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm Marty, I don't know. But, you know... I uh, I finished that, got the uh, titles at the end, so I managed to collect all the bits and bobs outside of the Animus as well. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't vibe with it. There were times where I was enjoying myself and times where I wasn't. After yeah. that, I've moved on to Assassin's Creed Rogue. Ah. Is was, until the remaster, a PS3 and 360 exclusive that came out while the new consoles were out, PS4 and Xbox One. Oh, really? And so is it seen as is it seen as five or is it like a in between? It's an in between, really. Okay. See it more as a Brotherhood or Revelations 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's a little short. I'm very nearly <laughs> at the end of it. Um, it's set in Northern America again. Um, and you, you're going through Iceberg. Anyone who liked Black Flag, I put it to you, you're going to love Rogue. I didn't yeah. like Black Flag, and I think Rogue is actually the better game. It's tighter. After four games, well, it's not four games, is it? Like five games, six games to that point, if you've played the Revelations in um, Brotherhood. Yeah. If you've played those, you've played a hell of a lot as an assassin. In Rogue, you play as a Templar. Would you believe? Oh. You start off as an assassin. And, and what I liked is you go to the mansion in three um, that Achilles owns, you know, where you do your training as Connor. If you've played yes. three in your house, yeah, yeah. you go there. Uh, and it's got loads. Of, it feels like uh, almost like DLC for three, but with all the nice bits of four. But the naval combat's loads better. Loads better. The More refined, cooler. you think? Yeah, and pirates are great and all that, but in this one, you, you you're working with the Royal Navy. Oh, look out! Look. Yeah, exactly. And the number same. one favorite game ever made. Period. Now, number one favorite game ever made. It's still a little bit boring uh, at times. I've played a lot of Assassin's Creed now. It's the same mechanics. It's the same. I think it's a, it's important to tell the listeners you would probably have everyone like loading the cannon with full animation, tying bowlines and so forth all over Bowling. the ship. Yeah. Bow, bow. Yeah, I'd yeah. have it full real. But for that reason, Rogue feels better. You've still got an you've still got a ram on the front, but because you're operating in ice sheets, it makes yeah, sense it to makes have sense. that there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I tell you what, when you break through the ice and it all sort of puffs up on the deck and there's like oh, he's snow, excited. He's excited. The, there's snow forming on the upper deck. Uh the ship just looks more a piece to me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yellow and black. He's a stickler for the facts. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you're yeah. going to do it. And you can you can have him running around in his Templar costume, or I was able to buy the, the uh, naval captain's costume. Of course, of course. And I've got him running around in that and uh, capturing forts and doing all that sort of uh, Captain Wolf stuff. And, and yeah. you know, he's mentioned in the game. He's mentioned in three in a painting as well. And uh, it's Commander Wolf, I think, actually, James Wolf. British Army. Yeah. Um, and you meet Captain Cook as well, up in the Northern Isis. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and there's whaling in this one, which makes, it, it kind of feels like it makes more sense as well. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, here's a little bit of extra footage for you, for my, uh, what are you doing? Sorry, I just had to uh, cancel. It was my iPad making noises. Apologies. Can't help himself, can he? Yeah, he's bored. I've waffled on about Assassin's Creed probably far too. No, no, it was no. Listen, making... my Assassin's Creed Three Special Edition has seemingly got lost in the post, which I am uh... devastated about. And I've got apparently file. I spoke to the seller. I've got to apparently file a lost parcel routine to get my money back, which I'm a gutted. Bit, a bit Is gutted. this the one with the? Does it come with a Connor statue? No, 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 no. It's not a statue one. It was. Uh... Uh... I stopped short of that, uh, but it was uh, a <laughs> few thousand. Got, that one, 
No, it's about 50 quid, that one, I think. But this oh, one was it? like 9.99, and it came with George Washington's notebook and it came with like uh, um, a sacred Indian stone and an Assassin's Creed dollar. And it came in a little that came in a little pouch. And I just yeah. thought, you know what? There's a game that had snuck into one of my all time favorites retrospectively. I thought, yeah, actually, I'll get that. It deserves that. So yeah. I'm hoping maybe I'll get that done. I'll get that. I'll get Rogue finished today. Uh, and I was thinking of taking a break because Gotham Games have got winning, Wing Into Me, uh, which I bought on air last week for those eager listeners that remember that. I've still got Unity and Syndicate to come. Yeah. Um, but I might take a break and play Batman Arkham Origins because that's the game. I've finished all the other Batmans and that's one I haven't finished or played. So uh, I was, are you finished Night? Yeah. The, the third one? Yeah, with the tum uh, with the tumbler, <laughs> with the Batmobile. Yeah, I finished all the other ones. Okay, cool. Uh, Origins is the one made. By I guess a you didn't studio, finish night. You haven't finished night, have you? No, I finished all of them. Every Not single one. Chinny wreck on. There's the saying from the playground from about <laughs> thirty years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I thought, do you know what? I haven't played that because it sits outside of the trilogy. Uh, again. 50p game came into the collection at 50p. You can't beat that. I um, I really enjoyed it. I think the boss fights are great in that. Uh, it is weaker in other aspects, but uh, it's certainly not a bad game because okay. uh, it's it's using a lot of the core elements uh, from the other three anyway. It's just a little. It feels a little less polished than some of the character on it, uh, design and animation. Uh, well, are very strange. You can tell Rogue was built by a smaller team because there's bits that I've seen quite a few visual glitches. There's really? Bit, yeah, and the world is less play-tested because I've got trapped a couple of times in between objects. Uh, yeah. And I've <laughs> there was one bit where, admittedly, my ship got damaged to the point where I was desynchronized. But for some reason, my player character got flung Half a mile up in the air in the game world. <laughs> Is that one of those where they go through the sky and the clouds? And yeah, all of bizarre. that, and then glitched, and, yeah. it, and then seemed to only exist in the world outside of the world, which is oh, very man, strange. I, I remember there being a glitch like that on uh, Gears of War One. I think it was in the multiplayer, and people were like cheating and stuff. There'd be the crab walk, or there'd be like uh, going out of the map and picking people off from areas where you couldn't be seen well i do remember a time where i think it was call of duty 3 online yeah where if you kind of got on the roof of a building there was a there was a map um that had a bridge in it or some sort of structure maybe it was a dam and if you stood yeah. on top of like this shed you kind of like glitched through the map so you could like lie yeah. down yeah. the floor <laughs> and and snipe and yeah, a bit naughty, really. Back but... in the days when you were known as 360 Snipes, 69ers. 69 Snipes, 420. Yeah, that was it, wasn't Noob. it? N-double-O. Look, check out N-double-O. all these, uh, all these uh, no-scope kills on YouTube. <laughs> He's just a pro. The only thing anyway. I was good at on Call of Duty was treading the grapes in the uh, winemaker's <laughs> In the vineyard map or whatever it was called, Champ de Lise or some nonsense like that. Look at the animation in these grapes. Mate, we're under attack. No worries. I've got these grapes covered. I don't care about that. I look in the air and I spin around. 
the mark of a pro. The mark of a true pro. With that um, rather historically We're... accurate, uh, what you've been playing, it's time to yes. slip. Like a trip. Coronavirus with its outer shell still intact and slip and slide into the news. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, Tom, what you got for us? Uh, switch it up to a 3DS. What's this all about? What, the coronavirus, I, yeah, the coronavirus outbreak has created a lot of chaos since it was declared a pandemic by the World Health Organization. On the gaming front, though, it's made certain systems like the original model uh, Nintendo Switch near impossible to buy in Japan last week. Uh, we heard how one local retailer ran an online lottery to simply purchase Nintendo's hybrid system, uh, and it overloaded the company's server. Not a great. Great idea, that one. Uh, with the Switch out of stock everywhere at the moment due to ongoing demand and supply chain issues, the 3DS is now seeing a resurgence in sales. Uh, but it comes at a price, quite literally. According to price tracker uh, Kakuku, or <laughs> Ka- Kakaku, uh, local retailers have gone from selling the new 2DS XL for as low as 10,000 yen, about 93 US dollars in January 13th, um, roughly. Uh, to 13,000 yen, roughly $129 this month. Well, it's nowhere near as bad as what scalpers are asking for certain systems. It's still enough to illustrate the increase in demand. Um, I've got yeah. one question for you from that piece of news. Yes, dude. That price What's tracker, that? is yeah. that how someone asks someone if they've soiled themselves? <laughs> are you cuckooed? Yes, <laughs> have you I have. Have you? Okay. Kaku- yeah. Time for me to go. <laughs> probably. Time I try and hold it with it with these live recordings. I do try and hold it, but it's hard. That's what she said. Anyway, enough of oh, the uh, toilet oh, humour. Oh, Phil's throat chopping. He's got some editing to do. It's a family-friendly podcast. Is that is that acceptable? Yeah, we can get away with that. Phil's looking think- angry. He is. He said to me, he wrote like a little Bible, and he said any she said jokes uh, are very um, sexist and they're not welcome here. And I thought from mm. an enlightened millennial like you that takes an afternoon off because his pet ant died, that might be a little bit out of line for you. What's wrong? Crow yeah. has turned you into some sort of domestic vibe. Well, Phil, Phil's, Phil's pretty annoyed with me anyway from the fact that I said he looks like Phil Collins, but he said that's against all odds, to be honest. Oh. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. <laughs> what has this show become? Episode 49. What has it become? Dad jokes. They're not welcome here. Okay, we better move on. What we got next in the news, mate? Sign of the time. Sucker Punch wants you to drink in the PS4 exclusive scenery, so it's doing away with irritating waypoints, hoping that you'll explore its open world naturally. The tidbit comes courtesy of an official PlayStation magazine preview in which it claims the developer wants you to use landmarks and your knowledge of the world to navigate it. The publication continues, Sucker Punch is no stranger to creating open worlds, but the fairly minimalist nature of the environments is a bit of a departure for the developer. Time in the story will pass as you explore with titles telling you how much time it's been since the invasion began. I love the idea of that. Um, yeah. 
I can I tell said... you one thing. From my experience, Assassin's Creed recently, I spend more time looking at the mini map than I do at the main screen. Yeah, it can be uh, very sort of distracting a lot of the time. I remember with like GTA Five, like planning your route. Why it's useful to have the GPS, especially in a game where you can drive. You almost like miss a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. So yes, I think um, I think that's a great idea. It has been done before. I'm not going to say it's a fresh idea, but it's uh, going to be a welcome one in that because there's going to be some really sort of stunning scenery and. And places to explore that just might pique your interest when you're naturally playing I, it. I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, I mean, I've got the latest copy of the official PlayStation magazine, one of very few surviving monthly publications. I think I believe it's it's the last one. No, it's the Xbox one you're talking about. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, Ever at the okay. White Hot Edge of Gaming? Yeah, yeah. I just remember hearing one was uh, it's like the final magazine around. Um, there must be Edge magazine still on the go as well. Yeah, I know, it? but it's it's multi-format, isn't it? And it's a little yeah. bit more. Uh, you know, you used to get that when you were working on Shaolin's face mask. When you were, you know, <laughs> when you thought yeah. you were someone. It's a more of an I see Edge magazine more of as an industry. Oh, I mean, that's why I buy it. Oh God! You know, are you still buying? Get... Are you still buying that magazine? Uh, no, I, I get it occasionally. I did at one point get it every month and I've got a massive collection of them all with the very nice artwork covers that you notice, uh, tend to notice when you come over and tend to be rather envious of. I think there's a Sega one you like the look of, didn't you? I'll maybe leave it to you in my will. Oh, that's very kind of you. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, Probably why not? you're going to outlive me. Oh, saying that though, Tom. I've been running again, you know. Same, same. Well, I say again, like probably for the first time since I did cross-country at school, I'm taking Boris up on his hour of exercise a day. Uh, and I was actually surprised how far I could run. How far can uh, you run? I don't know. I did about three mile yesterday. It's a good effort. I wasn't, don't, don't get me wrong, I won't go on like Forrest Gump, but uh, I was still trying to put the effort in. Uh, I took the dog with me as well, so she enjoyed it. But yeah, it's uh, it's nice to get out and about even when we're cooped up. For Dogging so out enough for about mile and a half. <laughs> yeah, anyway, come on, pooch. Wore its wore its paws down to the knee bone, <laughs> literally exposed <laughs> flesh and bones, scraped along the tarmac of the village. Don't know what. Um, God knows what's wrong with that. <laughs> bless her. Well, back to the gaming news. Uh, express yourself through the medium of dance for free. Wow. What's this all about, George? Well, you said the headline, but oh, I better read it, hadn't I? I'll do the words. Uh, you go for it. You go for With it. With many people under shelter in place orders due to coronavirus, there are fewer ways to stay active and get in your daily exercise. Now, more than ever, fitness oriented games like Ring Fit Adventure, Beat Saber have been crucial for ways for people to get their body moving while stuck inside day in day out unfortunately ring fit adventure <laughs> humbly i never thought I'd hear myself say this but ring fit adventure is currently sold out everywhere and vr games like beat saber are accessible aren't accessible if you don't have a vr headset enter just dance a motion-based dancing game on nintendo switch ps4 xbox one and even the most powerful console on earth stadia 
For a limited time, you can get a free month of Just Dance Unlimited, the game subscription service that unlocks over 500 songs from previous games. So there's honestly no better time to grab the mic and get moving. You going to get that? Well, Tom's chopped his throat so that... uh, He's got the bladder of a, a small child with a bladder infection, and he's had to uh, nip off for a wee. So while he's off doing that, uh, joys of a live recording, I take the time to mention that we're doing a live stream for um, the NHS in conjunction with It's Much More and a, a few others. Uh, and I'll just pull up the details here so you can all get involved. It's Gamers Unite for the NHS, live streaming event for 2020. It's on Saturday the 25th of April, so uh, get yourselves. He's back. I decided to press on with the recording. You're muted. That's absolutely great. Uh, Sorry about that. I'm back. I'm back. I'll, I'll start again. So as he's now back... He wants to probably own the whole show again. But we're going to take some time out to talk about Games Unite for the NHS live streaming event on the 25th of April. Uh, People involved, it's much more, obviously. They're the ones who are heading it up and uh, headlining the event. Then, obviously, your good selves, unofficial controller podcast. DCFC Chaz, Gaming Crazy, The Brun. Why do you, what is with you? Sorry. The loudest drink on earth. The bladder of a five-year-old. I'm here. Don't, don't worry. Carry on. Oh. One day, I'm going to save up all the money. I was going to say Lord Ponterbury gives me, but, you know, someone gives me. And I'm going to get Keith Chegwin on as my co-host. <laughs> You'd have a job. Why? I think you should Google him. <laughs> R.I.P. Keith. Has he passed? Listen. He has. Yeah. There ain't nothing money can't buy. <laughs> <laughs> if I want Cheggers, I'm getting him, right? <laughs> so anyway. Altered beast style. It's a very important cause. Games Unite for the NHS. More important even than Tom's ego. So we're getting together with a few other streamers. It's much more. The Immortal Gazlov's Games. Did someone say Metro? Metro? Did someone say Retro? Morgan Just Games. It's on Saturday the 25th of April. You can donate at https colon forward slash forward slash UK virginmoneygiving.com forward slash it's much more. And I'll just check the time that your favorite podcast is on. We're in the morning zone. We're on from 10 to 11. Now, to me, that's prime time. Prime time, baby. You got a good slot there. Got a good slot. What it's do you think you're going to be doing the breakfast show? I'm thinking of doing something where we can grow while on air. So maybe Minecraft or No Man's Sky. Maybe Minecraft, I don't know. Uh, something that's fun for all the family because of the time slot, 10 till 11. Can't be uh, assassinating people. I can't be it, uh, ripping people's yeah, spinal columns out. 
Um, this... So I thought that 10 to 11 be a fan- friendly, family friendly game. Yeah, why and... not? Is this where you turn into like a, a, a streamer, legit streamer and sell your bathwater and so forth? And uh, I get left behind. I already sell my bathwater. It's how I pay for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, from the coronavirus as well, from the apocalypse, when fresh water is not available, streamers' bathwater suddenly becomes a real good source of hydration. I mean, it's, yeah. what, you, it's what you're supping loudly in that glass. <laughs> and Very all, good. All the bath bubbles in there sort of act like a diuretic as well. See, so that's why you have to keep going for wheeze. Yes. So if you want to buy some of my bath water, head over to the Instagram page, <laughs> click on the link tree for the shop. Uh, <laughs> if you want to buy some of the show's merch, head over to Comic Pictures on Etsy. No space. Make it happen. Adam, the artist, has got... Tom's not going to like this, but for all the fans of Series 1 who love the village of Farmerton, there's pictures of all, all of the characters. There's also... All of those can go on a T-shirt. You can also get the immortal, the man who finishes games t-shirt. I think I need a a fundraising stream to get me some money saved up to get me that t-shirt because, you know, I've earned it in recent weeks. I've earned it. I think you have. Oh, he's given permission. So anyway, uh, we'll also be doing some more promos for that on our Instagram stories and on our Twitter page as well. So you can see the lineup and how to donate but uh and any no i was going to say any suggestions but it's going to be either minecraft or no man's sky i'm thinking probably at this point in time minecraft there's going to be yeah there's there's also in that there's no interrupted scenes causes gameplay to stop recording either because this is one of my other concerns if i play like a story game and it chops because it's got um cut scenes in it yeah that's True. annoying. So I thought if I go, if I stick with that, we can start out, build a little mud hut, do some other bits and bobs, do my usual waffle, you know, like I do, because it's going to be a solo show. That's going to be a, it's going to be a long hour. That is, Oof, Christ, I'm going to be, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be uh, filling time like a radio DJ whose well, whole song cartridge has gone down. All, all I'm going to say is. You'll you'll realise why I'm paid the big bucks when you try solo again. Well, you realise why you are Chewy and I am Han. That's true. I am I am second fiddle to your <laughs> bass guitar. That's for sure. Tom, now that's all done. You've emptied yeah. yourself down. You've relieved yourself. The question is: Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion? Oh, before I forget supporting local people supporting local things doing the right thing this uh this gamers unite for the nhs is sponsored by every bit gaming now i was on there earlier because i've been i've decided i would go on there and pick up some uh last week i was on gotham games buying the assassin's creed games this week i'm on every bit gaming getting myself a pocket station so check their page out if you want to get some uh, retro related tat for your gaming collection anyway tom why not is did we miss anything do you have an opinion or take on the news we miss and let's face it 
They will. Uh, if so, Tom, how do the collected masses get in contact with us? Uh, as always, you can direct messages on Twitter, uh, Instagram, or hit us up on an email, uh, questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Uh, we, also have a di- we also have a Discord channel, uh, so really? please come along and, uh, and join in the chat. We've had a few new people join recently. We it's have? a great place, uh, great community on there. There's no sort of uh, bad blood or any uh, egomaniacs unless I get on there. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, is, luckily, the, com- rare. the community keeps you in check. Yeah, they do. They, yeah. Um, and it's just a great place to come and discuss gaming or anything in life, uh, especially during the, the current situation. There's a lot of like-minded people there. So you can share your best screenshots, gameplay, gameplay clips, um, just funny stories, anything. Just, just come and have a chat. It'd be great to, uh, to have some new voices on there as well. It's been a very... Very welcome place. I I lurk, you know. I hide. Yeah, you're a bit of a lurker, you. I'm very much a lurker. I just like to go in there, see everyone being really nice and kind to each other, and making friends with everybody, and everyone friends with everybody. And I think, yeah, do you know what? This is nice. This is something that the show's achieved something here. But just remember, like a special guest referee, if it gets out of hand, he delivers stone cold stunners left, right, and centre. <laughs> I go to shake your hand, give you a gut kick in the midsection, <laughs> and then spin around and introduce your face to my shoulder blade. Boom! That's how it goes down. Out cold. Your uh, anyway. Well, James, the work experience boy has been living in a homemade fallout shelter that we've made, uh, and he's he's washed every half hour in a a strange concoction of Jay's fluid and bleach. He's down to his very last layer of skin, but he's managed to <laughs> weave together a, a very fine feature, which he's penned the and called the impact of the Nintendo Switch feature. I tell you what, it's a good job he's work experience because I don't think I could afford to pay him for this because this is very high caliber stuff. And it's thanks to young James and the, uh, recently acquired um, Phil, the producer. It's a good job. His name's Phil because I can't, I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> we forget say, anyway. I was going to say, I'm struggling to think of any other job he could do, but you know, uh, Postman springs to mind. Um, I was a bit worried where that was going to go. I don't know why that other job. Was yeah. Going. That cropped into my you mind. just settle down i'm settling leave the down. smut to me uh yeah. right i'll kick us off <laughs> okay all right uh the impact of the nintendo switch it's hard to believe the nintendo switch only arrived three years ago and in that time has carved itself out an entirely separate corner of the market away from the other leading industry competitors certainly at microsoft after the failure failure of the wii u nintendo went back to the drawing board which we looked at in one of our previous episodes, Murder of the Wii U, Suspect the Nintendo Switch. Uh, please take a listen when you get chances. Uh, it's a great Suspect's feature. Suspect number one, the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it was the number one suspect. Um, it's a great feature, and it does act as a sort of companion piece to the one you're about to hear. Okay. Well, then this time around, we're going to take a look at how the Switch has grown into its designer's vision and become one of Nintendo's most successful and intriguing consoles. In its first reveal trailer back in October 2016, 
feels like a lifetime ago. It Nintendo, does. I suppose if you were like four, would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> Nintendo really pushed its idea that this was a home console you could take anywhere with people playing big adventures like Zelda and Skyrim on the TV at home, then quickly transitioning to being sat with friends playing in a handheld mode uh, outside. The sheer difference in the way the Switch was advertised compared to the Wii U showed you they were coming with some fresh ideas and a more grown-up modern feel for the hybrid machine. Deputy General Manager Yoshiaki Kozumi was the main... <laughs> As always, Tom, hand me the Japanese names and I'll <laughs> slaughter them like your first at an Aztec party. Uh, was the main producer on the Nintendo Switch, but many other key figures were involved, such as the late Iwata Shinye Takishi and Shigeru Miyamoto. Kazuma really wanted to have a good mix of Nintendo's handheld and console teams to make sure the hybrid could be reached to a very high level. Uh, there's some big heavy hitters involved there, Tom. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some of the, well, obviously the biggest names in Nintendo's uh, company uh, really trying to move away from the Wii U and, and sort of salvage some of those ideas and, and give a fresh spin on it, I think, and really make it what they intended the Wii U to be in the first place. Question I've got um, for you. Yes. Did we have to have the Wii U to get the Switch? Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a, that's a given. Um, it was like a natural evolution of of what came before. Um, we still see like remnants of the of the Wii with uh, the Joy Cons, with the the sensor and the motion control, uh, leading to many people asking for sort of a few uh, Wii remasters of games, such as Zelda Skyward Sword, and uh, I've heard some people asking for Red Steel from. Uh, I think that was Ubisoft. I might be wrong. Why is no one asking? Was... Why is no one asking for Wii Sports? What's wrong with it? <laughs> Apparently, that's seen a bit of a boom. Um, people picking that up again over lockdown, reminiscing of uh, Christmas 2007. Do you know what? I've knocking, actually knocking got, over some virtual I've actually, pins. I've actually got a burgeoning Wii collection. I'd say I've probably got about 40, 40, 50 games for that. Really. Yeah, I'm not nice even... work. I know, I know. Uh, maybe I don't think day. it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be one that holds its value a lot, though. What the original Wii? Yeah, like some of. So I think some of the first party games will be worth a bit. But oh. we're going to get to. Uh, we're going to get to a, a, a very well-known Switch collector uh, very shortly. But I'll finish out this uh, first section of the feature. What's that got to um, do with the Wii? Uh, because we're on about talking about the collection of, of how, like, I think with a lot of Nintendo consoles, some of the first party stuff becomes quite rare, even rarer for like uh, third party, like Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. Um, there's a, I think it's Zack and Wiki on the Wii as well, is actually quite a rare, rare title uh, right now. And they, they do seem to hold value and increase. Uh, so you might be sitting on a little. Uh, Antiques Roadshow treasure chest there for the future. Oh, I think so. I'll look at some of my... Uh, I've probably got... I've not got many NES games, but I've got a few. Um, and they're, they're still... Yeah, they're, they're the big boys, aren't they? Worth a fair yeah. bit of money, so and I the believe. SNES, the SNES has never been cheap, I don't think. Mm. Not when it was new and probably when the PS1 and the N64 came out, they were, they were cheap-ish, but they were never... 
a quid um, or a dollar. Uh, maybe they were. And then, obviously, the GameCube, again, it's always been an expensive console, that. Yeah, I think because it wasn't, like a lot of the stuff wasn't mass produced because it just didn't have the market. Uh, it, it's quite difficult to get hold of certain stuff and the prices for, for those are, are very expensive. Uh, but we've touched... Thing- one thing I'd say about the Wii is a lot of the games I've picked up for that were a pound or a dollar or whatever it is, Euro. But Yeah. But I checked the other day and it was like, Oh my god, this game's worth like fifteen pound. How did this happen? Yeah. Crazy. Uh-huh. Nintendo probably a manufacturer you should collect for if you want to accrue money in your collection, I suppose. But if you just want to play I think so, yeah. Get the console when it's its lowest ebb. Like now would be a great time. Saying that, I was going to say now would be a great time to get Wii U games, but I bet you they're frightfully expensive still. Um, yeah, I haven't looked at them recently, but I think you could. It'd be a good time to maybe get the console and then just start picking up some of the the console. Yeah, I might upgrade. You know, I might order a Wii U. Uh, I won't do it on there. I thought that. I thought that would be banished in the house. Uh, We better get back to this feature anyway. Okay. well, the the console would have to adapt to people's on-the-go lifestyles and would uh, and would continue uh, with sort of a, the busier casual gamer um, who were used to looking at their phones for a quick gaming fix uh, whilst on a lunch break or riding public transport. Um, this led the team to come up with the idea of switching between the home consoles and uh, handheld effortlessly. Uh, well, Nintendo had its new idea and launched it with great success on March the 3rd, 2017. To critical and commercial success, seems they'd shown to everyone they were back. 2017 went from strength to strength and saw new entries in existing series like Mario Odyssey and Splatoon 2. These, along with uh, the launch title of Zelda Breath of the Wild, helped Nintendo sell 17.79 million units by the end of 2017 and also went on to be the best-selling console of 2018. I think it won the. I think it won the best-selling console of 2019 as well. You know, you might be right. Uh, shall we hear from a, a listener um, on the subject of, of collecting? Uh, this guy has always been uh, yeah. at the forefront of, of Switch collecting. No, the first up is Akido Gaming Bar. Ah, yes, snuck in there. Um, got a little comment in. He I says uh, about that at the beginning. Of the you show. did. You did. I've I've blitzed right over it. I'm sorry. Uh, Akido Gaming Bar says, I love my Switch and Breath of the Wild is the game. The only well, game. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to hear from Akido Gaming Bar. You, I hope, we're, hope you're hanging in there and, um, and hopefully see you again when you reopen after all this uh, unpleasantness. Uh, and please go follow them on Instagram and, and maybe support them by getting a voucher for their relaunch party. It would be great. Uh, It's a great little gaming bar where you can go, have a drink, play some games and chat with like-minded people. So, um, yeah. Shall we take another listener comment, the one I was going to read out? What, the immortal TV? Yeah. Well, shall I read this? Shall I read it? Yeah, you take this and uh, and then I'll go back to the feature. Much like you, I'll method act. (laughs) Okay. So I'm a a good-looking dude. I've got a good beard. I've got a burgeoning Switch collection. I'm Oscat. I've got such a flip-flop feeling for the Switch now that it's been out for so long. The console itself is genuinely one of the coolest designs. 
ease of use for any generation of gamer. Dockable for the primary switch, was, which not only upscales the game, but allows it to play on a TV, which hasn't been officially done by a game company beyond the PlayStation TV or the Game Boy adapter for the Cube. It's also portable for trips, or so many people can play in the same room. It's a mighty fine system that I have clumped 150 hours of Animal Crossing into already. Granted, the Switch was the first system in a very long time which sparked my collector's side to come out after a dry spell, and I hit it hard, topping 200 games in about 11 months. Wow. When we used to do Stingray's Boot, before you throat chopped it and tombstoned it through a flaming table <laughs> and then into a load of fluorescent tubes and explosives, Ozcat regularly updated us with his collection and it was, it was a thing of beauty. After I hit that 200 mark, I stood back to reevaluate what I'd done. Of these 200 games, more than 100 of them were just impulse purchase made solely on my FOMO which I like to think I'm down with the kids. I think it's fear of missing out due to the 13 limited print companies existing, such as limited run games and single run games, etc. Then you stack the hundred of games, which are on it that you have no place on it, except as a cash grab, like Witcher three in 2019, a game which previously could run at 4k on current gaming system was posted to a console were handheld ran at 540 and was marketed at $50 and sold well, because that's how the switch community is. As times continued, the switch collectors community has easily become one of the most toxic cesspools that's ever existed in the world ever. Uh, every game is suddenly impossible to find. Everyone buys up everything. Assume it will be the next NES. People will retire with it, and no one seems to want to look out for fellow collectors anymore. I've since pulled myself away from almost everything social media based around the community that was building and is still growing with it, and I'm much happier. In the process of leaving that toxicity behind, I've since sold roughly 135 of my Switch titles, which leaves only ones I purchased because I genuinely wanted them, not because I had a very limited window to buy them at MSRP. FOMO is destructive and does far more damage than good. And the world of Switch gaming is almost all FOMO now. Mm. We do see a lot of this, don't we? Um... One thing I'd say to Oscat, he's woven into the very lore of the show, but he's not on the Discord. No. That is one place where toxicity is not allowed to exist because almost yeah. like I stamp it out. It's not welcome here. So it's not, we're all good people and we're all good to each other. And Oscar get on the discord. Come and join the party. Come join get on party. it. Well, um, he makes some very, very, very solid points there. What he do you does think about that. You're a, you're a switch owner. You yeah, I mean, trade, I, you trade the last game you played in for the new game that you've got coming out. So I, I try, I try to have a reasonable collection for the Switch. Um, I did a giveaway for Mario Maker Two, which was done through the podcast, um, which was kind of sad to get rid of, but it's it's going to go to a good home or has gone I don't to a good think home. Your ego could stomach um, the seven plays of your level. No, so, like, it couldn't. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know me so well. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they just it's, don't it's, understand what art is. What's wrong with these plebs? Yeah, definitely how that went down. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I have a, a small collection for the for the Switch. Uh, I try and have like the core first party titles, but I know what it means. Like sometimes you feel obliged to buy um, that that fear of missing out. I felt a lot with Animal Crossing. Like it's become massive, especially with everyone being at home and wanting to escape. And we're going to touch on that a little bit towards the end uh, of the feature. But um, yeah, it, it's very rife in all of gaming, I think. But it makes some great points there. Uh, we'll get back to the to the feature. Um, well, I'll do one more. Let's do. Uh, okay, you doing another comment? Yeah, yeah. Go comment for it. Go for it. Seventy nine, the aforementioned artist of the show. Um, yeah. What's he got yeah. to say? Comic pictures on Etsy. No space. Uh, he says I haven't personally owned a Nintendo since the GameCube, but the kids have had a Wii and the Wii U. I played Breath of the Wild on the Wii U and think it's the kind of thing that would be great to be able to take to work. I think the portability is impressive given the number of big third-party titles from this gen they've managed to port. I can't comment much more than that, but I do really like having the idea of having a light. Yeah. The revised non-dockable. I thought that was a mistake, you know. Yeah, I still think that's a mistake of it. It's like, don't sell the dock with it, but have it. Have the. I suppose it's just the technology in it to make it smaller and stuff. Uh, well, I know. Yeah. Would it would it hurt for its its HDMI out to be on the bottom of it, and then you could buy. Let's say you get. Let's say you get James the work experience by a Switch Lite for Christmas. He's made up. Yeah, great. But he can't play it on the big TV. Now, yeah. If you could have that, if you sold the dock separately and you sold Joy-Con, Nintendo's all about making money, Tom. I'm not being funny, but they know how to charge. Yeah. Let's yeah. say you have a dock set that you can buy separately, even if it was a Switch Lite dock, mm. and some Joy-Cons that you yeah. then experience some of their other games with that you can't with the Switch Lite. Yeah. You know, what's what's going on here? Absolutely, yeah. Like... I don't want to. I don't want to get lost in the weeds on this, but I've got a, at least a couple of PlayStation Vitas. I mm. signed them both into my pro, my profile, and I can pick games up from those on either game. But my understanding is, if you've got a Switch Lite and you've got a Switch, it's very hard to get them to share, save, and coexist. Yeah, I mean, we're going to touch on some of the, the switches online and, and user interface problems, uh, like you're explaining there. That they are very backwards sometimes, aren't they, with their with their thinking and and the way they do things. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that briefly. Um, but back to uh, where we're at, an area where Nintendo continued to struggle, though, is uh, all important third party support which has been all but lost uh, back in the days of the Wii U, and developers seem cautious to jump on board with Nintendo again. Um, This time, though, Nintendo really wanted to show developers how easy the new machine would be to port older games to and develop new ones for as well. So when titles like Doom 2016 Reboot and Skyrim and Fortnite show the potential of releasing games again into a new potential portable market, other companies soon started to sit up and pay attention. Early supporters of the Switch like Ubisoft saw great success with Mario Rabbit's Kingdom uh, and early success showed um, others that... Uh, uh, sorry about that. 
What's wrong? Triple tri- tripped over me. Tripped over me words. What is um, it in that glass? I'm guessing it's probably neat gin. Is it slow gin? Yeah. I was going to say slow gin from Gin Jean, but obviously she's not allowed to get. Oh, your throat, Phil. Phil's throat chopping at me. So slow yeah, gin. I'll get back to it. Um, yeah, it saw uh, some unexpected ports really from other companies coming over the last few years. Uh, big third-party games like CD Projekt Red's Witcher Three and also Blizzard's Overwatch uh, have really made us question what the limits are of the little machine. I know these are going to be sort of very like. <sighs> graphically stripped back titles when they come uh, to the Switch, but it's it's nice for people who have that as their sole console to to experience some of those games. And I believe The Witcher 3 actually is, is pretty impressive now. It's had a, a large update and they've uh, they've really improved it a lot. Uh, we, we, we've, see, we've seen a popular opinion though, if you do own multiple consoles like a Switch and a PS4, Switch, Xbox, you want to be playing those third party on your on your uh, PlayStation or Xbox, really, to experience them in the best way. But you probably want to be nice. experiencing them on you. Well, if you're a big enough boy to have all the bigger boy consoles, you've probably got the Pro and the One X as well, haven't you? So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you may as well play them on the best best way possible. Let's um, uh, Before you uh, rip into another chunk of James's finely paired script, uh, script, uh, <laughs> well, uh, C. Pliskin, the young book on the Switch, yeah. he's, uh, he's commented on this. He said, I've had a very good time playing with my Switch. I got, on, I got it on the day the Ultimate came out in December two years ago and that I've been almost played a game by myself or with my family. Since then, I've either got an or a selection of games that I personally enjoyed, like Ace Attorney Trilogy, Travis Strikes Again, Super Mario Odyssey, Devil May Cry 3, Breath of the Wild, Civilization 6. It's a good game for the handheld. Super Mario Party, Enter the Gungeon, Celeste and Overcooked, and so many others. I've actually thought about getting the Spyro Reignited trilogy as well because of my love for Insomniac games, but that leads to the fact that they're the best, the, the best games to play on Switch, discounted. Uh, what's going on here, C. Pliskin? You're normally such an eloquent young man. There seems to be some missing... Um, commas and bits and bobs games to play on the switch discounted or otherwise are all just a little too expensive for my liking seems to be a lot of people saying this tom yeah and i think there was a comma there so apologies c pliskin it's just my teeth denture grip i'm getting old maybe it has to do with the lack of job for me right now but i think the price for getting the most out of your switch is a little steep for the casual gamer alongside my right joy con not acting strange on a few occasions but regardless it's a great console, but I think people should know about the higher than expected entry fee to get the most out of Switch. I would agree. Yeah, with I mean, that's, there's, there's that's two heavyweights of the regular commenters that have said that price is a problem. Yeah, I, I agree. I think because you have that like Switch tax, especially on the ports, you're kind of like, why am I paying? like £50 for Skyrim when I can probably pick it up on Steam or another console for a tenner. I mean, it, it's not really fair and they are exploiting the cost, but they just give it the old, oh, well, you can play it portable now. Well, that really isn't good enough for a game that's probably seven or eight years old. Uh, so, yeah, I think that needs to be looked into, but it's probably never going to change. It's just tell the, you what, the industry, isn't it? While I'm here, yes. while I'm here, to put some balance in, to put some balance 
Here's Finster Gamer. Okay. I don't own a Switch, but I'd love one. The idea that you can play a console quality games in a handheld format and handheld specific games like Pokemon on your TV blows my mind. Literal, I was going to ad lib there, but I was going to say literal craning or matter all over his front kitchen. Uh, he, he goes on to say, I'm not entirely sure on the purpose of the Switch Lite, so if it has no detachable Joy-Cons or the ability to switch it between handheld and home console, then what the hell is it? You can't call it a Switch if it doesn't switch between anything. Yeah. It's a Nintendo PSP. <laughs> hmm. Finster Gamer, he gives Good with point. one hand, he takes away with the other. Well, it's good to have a balanced opinion. Two um, switches in the hands worth two in the bush. <laughs> what are two switch lights worth? Do they can they mash up into a? Uh, they combine. I don't know. They don't combine with anything, from what we know. In your eyes, in your eyes, they probably combine to make a PS Vita, but we'll leave that there. Um, I think you chop a Vita in half to get a switch light. <laughs> Ooh. Functionality. He knows. Well, um, back to the graphical side of the Switch. Uh, the Tegra chip from Nvidia, uh, the Switch used, was... You um, call it Nvidia? A lot of us call it Nvidia. Nvidia. Thank yeah. you for the correct pronunciation. No problem. Um, the Switch used a lot of the same graphics already available on sort of high-end, high-end tablets and phones, uh, but this led Nintendo to get more invested in the mobile market. So they joined with a large mobile platform developer and provider, Denner, in 2015. Some of the best business merging um, done by the very sadly Mr. Satoru Iwata, um, Nintendo achieved. Uh, they agreed to develop at least five mobile games by the end of the year. This was all part of the grand plan to expose more people, some uh, who don't even use gaming devices. The idea was to get them to notice uh, Nintendo's great selection of characters and games. Uh, this is, this is uh, in turn, was hoped to get new gamers interested in picking up Nintendo's own hardware and was perfect timing for the then-in-development hybrid console, the Switch. We think this has all paid off in a massive way. The likes of Animal Crossing, Mario and Pokemon all receiving successful mobile entries uh, that promoted the idea of full traditional, traditional video game experiences in the same series, but then also available to play on the Switch in a, in a bigger way. With this mobile technology used for the Switch hardware, however, um, has allowed for quicker, easier ports of mobile games. And this has sadly caused the Nintendo eShop uh, to be seen flooded with many cheap and nasty mobile ports, which we don't like a lot, do we? No, it's, we don't want it's, Cookie Mama 4000. We don't want um, Pippa Funnels Horse Stroking 6, do we? We yeah. want I think the problem titles. I think the problem that creates is you just end up like burying so many great small indie games uh, and even bigger third-party stuff just by having like wave after wave of, of time. I mean, we see it in our new releases we do every week. Uh, there's always something on the Switch. It, it's because, yeah, I think um, it, it just, they need to get that eShop just tidied up a little bit and, and get things in a bit better order so people know what they're looking for so they can avoid a lot of that stuff. Well, uh, some people like it, but not, I'd say, the vast majority are there for looking for proper games. What um, people like about this show is it's not two complete nincompoops giving their opinion each time. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, it's because it's this show 
is owned by its listeners. Fact. It is. And I'm going to throw the floor open to them again. I'm going to do some more listener comments. We have that moment to pause. Chronicles a Gamer, our friend What's all the way over. He's from New York, Tom. Can you imagine hope it's safe. I what know. scary place that would be to be right now? Uh, I saw him in a queue for milk at the Cracker Sparrows, a.k.a. Six Dawn. Dawn. Cracker Sparrows, mate. That's what they call it, Chronicles of Gamers. <laughs> Listen in, Bobby. Uh, he says, I really enjoy my Switch, and I'm glad my girlfriend got it me for Christmas. I've logged in about 125 hours of Zelda, and she is near 100 hours of Animal Crossing. My goodness. <laughs> Catching you quick on the, uh, the most hours used there. <laughs> Uh, Luigi's Mansion was great and we love playing Mario Kart I do have Mario Odyssey but it's not open yet I would like to buy third party games for it but I have a PS4 for that I will buy Nintendo exclusives however and I never played it in handheld mode I do not like handheld consoles unless I'm on an airplane yeah I mean I always think it's great to have a handheld console but then when a lot of the time you're in the house it's kind of like well Unless someone else watching the TV, you always want it on the bigger screen, don't you? It's well, safe to say, but it, it is nice to have that option, though. Um, definitely. Well, let's let's balance things out. Got a lady gamer as well, Tom. I want to read a comment from. Yeah, we have we have lady gamers. We are very open to anyone who wants to join the Discord chat or the Instagram posts. Uh, no matter how you identify. You're welcome here. Yeah. Danny plays. She says, I was late to the Switch party because I hadn't been so much of a Nintendo console fan since the N64, minus the DS, she says. Now I have a bit of an on-off relationship with it. I can play it for weeks on end, then abandon it for months. It's a great console, but it's not my favorite. Mm. Shall I do one more? Yeah, we why not? I'll do a bit more. I'll, yeah, do do one more listener comment. Okay. Retro Gamer Thomas. Now, question for you. Let's have an on-air discussion. He's obviously still the console serial killer. He is. Does your ego allow him to still be babysat by PCSO Ross Kemp? No, he's free to do as he please. Ross Kemp has been... uh, buried alive so the console serial killer (laughs) aka retro gamer thomas is now running rampant good job coronavirus coincided with your ego's apex because that means he's not allowed out for fear of catching a very horrible virus therefore everyone's collections are safe good job that was lucky wasn't it very lucky I was lucky enough to get a Switch Lite from Mrs. Lecter for Christmas last year, and I do love it. But as a handheld, the original Switch didn't interest me because I'm going to play on my TV at home. It's going to be the PS4 all the way, I'm afraid. Plus, apart from Nintendo exclusives, there are lots of ports of games that I've already played, which puts me off a bit. It's handy if you fancy playing an old game when you're going on holiday. Overall, I love the Switch Lite. I have a turquoise one, and I think it's well-made, lovely-looking piece of kit. The negative point for me is I find the eShop expensive. This is another strike and not brilliant. Plus, I find buying hard copies too expensive as well. E.g., I can get one of the Saints Row games for a tenner on PS4 or get a Switch version for a quid. 
technically not as good. That's my issue. If I'm going to spend 30, mm. 30 quid, 30 pounds, 30 dollars on a game, I'll always favour my PS4, I'm afraid. Yeah, a, a very common problem, isn't it, um, here? I don't know what to say. I mean, let's, let's, let's break this down. My old boy's got a Switch. Now, unfortunately, yeah. uh, he lives between houses, mine and his mother's. Yeah. And the Switch yeah. is the perfect console for him. Um, and it's got all the games, him and his friends kind of play. Fortnite, Minecraft, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and obviously you can dive deep on their retro catalog as well. I say retro catalog, but their well-known cast of characters as well, like Zelda and things like that. Yeah. Um, so for him, it's a great console. I'm sure there's many kids up and down the UK who are in a similar situation or mums and dads, they might not game and little, little Jimmy wants a little bit of time with his console on the TV when they're doing house jobs, but then when they want to watch Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway, one wants to watch Geordie Shaw, whatever nonsense parents watch these days, she kicks him <laughs> off and he hides behind the sofa and plays his Switch there. Uh, so I can see the pluses of a Switch. But in a gaming household where there's going to be a plethora of consoles, Switch is a bit of a tough sell, isn't it, really? But saying that, mm, right. best-selling console of 2019. Who's buying it? I bought one. You've bought one. Yeah. Both of our listeners seemingly have got one. Doogie's got one. Retro Gamer Thomas has got one. Danny Plays has got one. Says he doesn't like it that much, but Chronicles of Game has got Well, Chronicles of Game says he likes it. Oscat's fallen in and out of love with it more times than a, than a girlfriend well, at high school. See, Pliskin's got one, but... He ain't got a lot good to say about it. So is it something everyone buys and then just puts in a cupboard? Or when well, that big Nintendo tentpole title comes out, they dust it off, find the Joy-Cons are broken, and uh, put it back under the cupboard? What, what's going on there, Tom? <laughs> what's your take on but it? Th- th- this leads very well back into the feature. Uh, it's safe to say many gamers have purchased the Switch, and a lot of the time it's seen as a companion console to either PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, as we've just discussed. Uh, but this is still a great position for Nintendo to be in. And with a portable-only Switch Lite entering the market last September, uh, Nintendo's really found its niche. This is even more apparent when you look at the popularity with the children's age group, which we've just discussed. Uh, the Switch continues to top many birthday or Christmas present lists. And this is the talk of the playground, but it's selling more than 830,000 units over the US Thanksgiving weekend last Incredible. year. Um, parents went crazy trying to get one in time for Christmas and uh, you'd be hard-pressed to, to disagree that it wasn't a very, very popular console with the, with the Christmas period. That's just uh, from, from the end of last year. Wow. That is... I tell you what, if you and Stingray had a warehouse full of 830,000 units to get rid of and you did it over a weekend... Yeah, you'd be very happy. You'd be very happy. Wow. I think, to answer you, going back to your question about is it a tough sell, I think for the price, I think you're still getting a lot for your money. I suppose the one fact, thing... That the-, the, biggest sell, the biggest sell they have is the fact that they're used to probably buying... Uh, little Johnny's uh, 3DS games. Oh no, Mama! I want I want one for the 
for the PlayStation or, or, well, in Nintendo's case, the Wii or the Wii U. Oh, well, yeah, but I bought you one of those. Hang on a minute. You can now play this game on your console on the TV or on your handheld. It is the same thing. And I think it's going to, it has led to them being able to churn out hopefully more first party games because they've got that handheld division working together with, uh, well, they're probably just merging into one big um, development team now working on different projects, but it's all under one roof. And I think that's, that's the best thing they could have ever done. That's their strongest point right now is I think they can keep up with the demand of a, a, a reasonably decent first party game every month, which is a hard sell for one company. It's a hard thing to ask, especially uh, in, the, in the current situation. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a, one of the best things they've ever done to business wise and, and, uh, and decision wise. Okay. Well, when you get to ask me at the end, we'll see what I think about that. Oh. Whoa, I'm just going to present some facts, that's all. I'm just going to present some facts. I don't want to hear any more about the Vita. This is not the PlayStation It's not going to be anything of, about the Vita. You can, you can have your little impact of the PlayStation on the market. I'm not going worry. to mention... It's coming. Dry your eyes, all right? <laughs> I love that saying. Stop roaring, all right? Stop beeling on. Bailing. Oh. Just pack it in for one minute. All right. right? I'll pack I, it in. I'm not, there was nothing. When we get to the end part, if I'm going to mention a handheld console, I'm not going to mention the Vita, am I? As much as I like it, it was a mitigated disaster. Yes. A car crash. Well, you say that. It did sell quite Oh, well. yeah. Get out of here. Right. Doogie McBain. What's he got to say? As a primarily Xbox gamer, my Switch tends to sit gathering dust for a good few months. I bought it for the sole purpose of playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. My biggest gripe with the console is the price of games. Other than a handful of full-price purchases, I tend to surf for deals of any games I can pick up at a decent price. I would never generally buy a game on Switch that I can get on Xbox or PS4, as they're usually much more watered-down versions of the games. I don't play games on the go. Being able to play a game on the couch next to the missus while she watches some reality TV tripe is great. Next yeah, to me, I, a man who's known as Lincolnshire's best gamer, the best gamer at Smash, <laughs> Perry Beecher. He says, huge success in my eye. Bought New Zelda games and Smash Ultimate. We have Switch nights quite often, so it gets uh, everyone together. Having a console to use at home and also being there for traveling is a win. It's nice of uh, Lincolnshire's reigning Smash Ultimate uh, champion to uh, message the show. Celebrity like yeah, him. Yeah, to, yeah, uh, yeah. Reach down to the mere mortals like us. Mm, um, I, try, I try my best, but uh, still can't beat him. Anyway, well, before my ego gets crushed anymore. Before you do a- that... Were you going to say new listener? I was, but I'll let you do that because you do it better than me. New listener. I'm sure they only message in because they like to hear a clap. Uh, <laughs> you do it themselves, but, you know, why not have someone else do it for you? Canarick. Why not? Uh, they've messaged in. The Nintendo Switch has been a godsend for me. Me and the husband both love the game, but out of necessity, it has to be in separate rooms. With the Switch, I can bring my game wherever he is. 
so I can still spend time gaming together while playing our favourite games. That's, that's an angle I can see. That's how the Nintendo Switch has carved itself out a little niche for gaming couples. It has, definitely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Well done, but, Tariq. Uh, Please, yeah, nice don't let you. this be the only time you're going to pipe up and get involved because you welcome every single time. Tom, if someone sat at home now, let's face it, everyone sat at home and we're riding <laughs> in the charts off the back of Corona now. Everyone sat at home, they're thinking, wow, listen at these two waffle on. But they say this show isn't just for them to articulate their opinions. It's for us to be able to articulate ours. It's our show, they say. How can they get involved in the conversation? Uh, a lot of our comments come on Instagram, which you can direct message, or you can comment on the weekly post, which goes up before the show. Um, we, we love hearing all your comments on there. Um, you can direct messages on Twitter as well, or hit us on an email at questions at com, or just uh, chime in on the on the Discord if you yeah. want. We'll, uh, and if you look on any of the social medias, click on the Linktree link in the, in the bio. Oof, up comes a little screen, send an email, listen to the show, or get involved on the Discord. It'll take you straight to us. Yeah. And then to a catalogue of friendly faces that, I tell you, a friendly face who hadn't, who hadn't chimed in for a long time, and we need to message him, Daddy Zilla. Yeah, we hope you're okay over there in the US. Um, another US listener. Um He's got. He's probably got one of the best collections we've seen. Yeah, uh, he's got some great knowledge as well, um, and a, a vast array of of just stuff you don't see every day. So his page is well worth a visit. Very much, and he's a thoroughly nice chap. He With is a great family. Young Devin Zilla, Carrie Zilla, and Mommy Zilla. Yeah, uh, it's a good job they became parents and met each other because obviously having a first name Daddy and Mommy. I wonder what she was uh, pre-married, what her, uh, what her maiden name was before it was uh, Zilla. Who knows? A question for, uh, for the law if it was still here. But, uh... They're real people, so it's not even for the law. Uh, okay, okay. It's just a question. What do you want to do? Do you want to do a little bit more of James's fine work, or do you want to... Uh, yeah, well, we're going to look at... Um going to look at another area where the switch is, um, has improved things for everyone really uh, the indie the indie market continues to grow and grow and nintendo saw a huge potential in this area originally not showing any interest in the indie scene developers before um developers were just believing that nintendo weren't bothered at all about getting in getting in touch and getting their um, games on on their consoles but uh that all changed the arrival of the Switch uh, caused, we have to say, a massive rise in the indie game market as well. And it doesn't look like it's slowing down. Um, got some of the developers talking. One of those developers was Nigel Lowry, we hope got that name right, of Devolver Digital. Uh, and he said, after the, the boom of the indie market and uh, Nintendo's sort of peak listen, of interest listen, in it. Listen, hold on. James, we're doing, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. Just no, stick with me. James has written a really great script, and you seem to want to keep like ad libbing this. And yeah, then you it's stumble it's over like... your mouth because you can't ad lib quicker than your mouth can flap. 
don't worry. Yeah, what James now everyone now now everyone's had the attention drawn to that. Um, Nintendo really started reaching out to indie indie devs visiting places like PAX and the Games Developers Conference to find out what uh, they were up to and wanting to help promote our games side-by-side on their platform. Indies seem to be the perfect fit to bulk up the digital shop library. Then as the Switch lacked the raw processing power of its rivals and some of the bigger companies still choosing to skip the yearly entries on Nintendo's console. Mm. Yeah, we're looking at U2K and EA. Nintendo even chooses to hone its own Nindies Direct, which uh, really help promote games that otherwise might get buried in the landslide of weekly releases or their own larger direct presentations. So yeah, they they um, hammered home sort of the I think the importance of of indie games and that there are some companies out there who are doing some amazing stuff. Uh, I think it's benefited well, one, both of them really. One thing having, I would say, this is my take on it. The independent gaming scene in the modern era gets picked up and courted and then thrown down. When Xbox Live Marketplace first came out, they were caught in the indies like it was like the newest, hottest love in town, like it's his first girlfriend. Yeah, I nearly mentioned this, actually. When And, when, then, uh... and then Microsoft started to do really well with the Xbox 360, and they kicked indie developers to the curb. Yeah, whatever, indie developers. Then Sony picked them up and courted them like it was the new hottest girlfriend in town. And they were all about, our oh, PlayStation 4 supporting independence. Well, they don't even bother talking about them anymore. They kick them to the curb. And then Nintendo, walking down the street, sees this, you know, haggard-looking tramp-like of woman, the unloved independence of the scene, picked it up, get a bit of haircut, now passing it around like it's his best first love. The danger here is, are they going to kick them to the curb next and then who's going to pick them up? Because it'll be third, second or third time round for th- some of these, these uh, independent developers by the time uh, PlayStation or um, Xbox decide they need to support them again. Oh, we've always supported indie developers. <laughs> I think um, I think they're here to stay on all, all of the consoles and, and sort of PC or like Steam or whatever. Um yeah, I think they're all, they're big enough now to stand on their own two feet, and mm. people have got those established series, um, like I don't know, Shovel Knight, um, Steam World. Uh, I suppose you can class Minecraft as a kind of indie as well. Um, How can you class that as an indie when Microsoft paid I don't know billions for it? Originally, I'm talking about. I'm, I, I'm on about how indies have established their way to stand on their own two feet through. Ah, big companies getting involved yeah um so i think yeah i know what you mean they do get passed around the block a bit of being the fan favorite for a certain company but um yeah it's it's nice to see that They're working. what it, we call in lincolnshire the village bike yes <laughs> a good way of putting it i think with uh with nintendo it's been quite good to see them sort of loosen up a bit on their IPs and, and let them be used in several indie games like Cadence of Hyrule is a good example. I mean Zelda's quite a well it's one of their biggest lies like game series and, and to let an indie developer loose on it is 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 very brave. Uh but obviously paid off. So that's good to see. And uh, and we're all for that. Uh we're not here though to heap endless praise on the Switch. 
because it certainly does have its problems. Um, one of which is Nintendo's online setup, which we did briefly cover earlier, but we're going to go into more detail. Even though it's improved, it feels light years away from rival platforms, online play and user interfaces. Uh, voice chat is possible, but when first announced by former head of Nintendo America, Reggie Filzermate, the idea seemed laughable. Uh, when asked how we would speak to our friends online, Nintendo bizarrely explained it would be done through a smartphone app and you would call your friends through this. Seems such a strange thinking when compared to the company's philosophy of change and new ways to play. Let's clear that up now. Yes. Is that still a thing? Yes. But the better thing now is a lot of games. So if I play Overwatch, Blizzard have implemented it so you can just use your normal headset anyway. So it's very rarely used from my understanding. I don't really play the Switch online, so I can't 100% say. Let's say you've got Overwatch and you're playing it. You plug your headset into the Switch or you plug your headset into your phone? I plug my headset into the Switch via the headphone dock and it works. Right. On, okay. But as far as I'm aware, I think it only works on certain games that have done like the, the work themselves of implementing it. I mean, the smartphone idea is, is, is terrible for a, for a handheld that doesn't have like a mobile 4G or something. So that's just a terrible idea in the first place. Uh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100% agree. Um, that's why we're here to look at sort of both sides of the Switch argument. Little, little Johnny comes home from school, wants to borrow mum's iPhone, wants to borrow the Switch. <laughs> you know, what's mum's going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think it's it's good to show the impact of the switch for, for good and for bad, and that's certainly a, a, a not a great one. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the online. Um, when Nintendo stopped making their online play capabilities free, many wanted to know how much it would cost and what we would receive with the service. Uh, well, here's where they did start to make some better decisions, offering a cheap monthly cost of three pound forty nine or twelve months for seven ninety nine. Uh, this came coupled with a selection 17. of NES- Seventeen ninety nine, yeah, uh, for the year. That's really good. Uh, with a selection of NES and SNES classics also to play. I think there was roughly 20 of each. I think they've added a few more now. Uh, we should quickly mention as well, a uh, really big shout out, the parental online controls implemented a, a, a really, really top-notch stuff. Um, they've been really well thought out and they're, they're dead easy to use through the, uh, through the menu selection in the options on the Switch. So, yeah, if you've got youngsters who have got switches, it's dead easy to make uh, what they can sort of I get on. If there's, and... any, if there's any mumsies and dadsies listening right now and they're, they're wondering what console to get little Johnny, I think the switch yeah. would be the switch, wouldn't it? Yeah, Family-friendly games, yeah. but still going to have some fun playing Breath of the Wild, still going to be able to have fun playing Minecraft. Got cross yeah. on the Fortnite with all the other bigger boy consoles as well. So if... Johnny uh, Junior down the street's got an Xbox One X or whatever. Well, he can still play could... Fortnite with the kid with the Switch. Pretty yeah, ex- exactly. I, I think that's great. Um, I, I mean, fair play to to Fortnite uh, for getting the, the parties together and uh, allowing crossplay. I'd love to see more of that in games. I think it's a, a great feature. Um, and uh, people are still always going to buy the consoles they want. It's not going to affect it massively. So if you have cross-play, this lets everyone play together, which is what we want. Um, just going back to your comment about sort of what you should buy for your child, and I think I think the good thing with the Switch is you buy them. It, even if you're not a massive gamer, 
they've gone to bed, pick it up, have a look. There might be something on there you fancy. There's a lot of like real casual games that we said we're not massive fans of mobile gaming, but there are there is stuff on there that might just pique your interest and and get you involved in it and, and think, you know what, this is pretty good actually. I bet it's got uh, I think we too. Definitely. Stuff like that, yeah. Um Tetris almost great fun. Uh, and that also is available when you get Switch online, you get free access to Tetris um which is got o- like a I should know this, but has it got overcooked? Uh, do you mean overcooked or overwatch? It's definitely got both. The cooking game. Huh? Not it that has, one. yeah. Not yeah, yeah. Uh, I would mumsy and dadsy be like, oh, I'm wondering about a game to play, a little co-op game we can play together. I know, let's go. Overwatch. <laughs> you know, who's thinking that? Yeah. We should, uh, we should just quickly mention as well, um, Nintendo never quite left the motion control scene behind. And we've seen success and not so much success in in the nintendo switch with this so we had the nintendo labo uh launching in 2018 and it didn't really go that well uh it's a great idea i think it's really good for getting kids to learn to build and stuff i mean maybe we'll see more of that with I, the I bet nintendo. i bet you i bet you there's more copies of labo in nintendo collectors gaming rooms boxed complete untouched than there is played with well, you might be surprised because they, they integrated it into schools as well. So it, it, it did get out there. Um, it maybe just didn't take off, which is a shame because I like the idea and I think I hope to see them maybe do something with Lego more uh, down that, that vein of things, uh, get people learning and building and stuff. Uh, one of the more successful things, though, with the motion controls was Ring Fit Adventure, um, which has done really well and is very hard to track down. Um, I've seen some great success stories with people keeping fit with it, sort of shedding a lot of weight. As like gamers, we we do sit around a lot and the human being is not designed to sit for a long time. We're designed to be active and move and that's a great way of implementing getting people who like games. I I think they just haven't been sitting long enough because if you sit long enough on a couch, (laughs) your skin will actually weave into the fabric of the couch and you can become (laughs) at one with the couch. You can grow... Excellent into it and it into you and therefore you could be sat down it's fine it's all mm. fine here now i do I, I just have to be serious for a minute and i've suffered a lot with like back problems and stuff i have a very physical job but also i spend a lot of time gaming and i think the mixture of the two don't always work well um so i'm not trashing gaming here but i should I should get stuff like Ring Fit <laughs> and Beat Saber and things like that just to stay a little bit more active. But it's a hobby and we all want well, to do what we enjoy. Well, let's segue. That was, uh, let's segue into a couple more listener comments. Yeah, sure. Uh, someone who's obviously keeps fit because he has to have a beach like body 24 7, 365. Because as always, he's living it up. Bronze. <laughs> Dubai Jim. He says, I like comic pictures. This was my first Nintendo since the Cube, not counting my OG DS. To say it was everything I could want from Nintendo is an understatement. Hits that portability you want when on the move with a screen that is in is night and day better than tablets, plus the ability to literally drop it into the dock from a perfect standby mode and pick up on the big screen where you left off is amazing. Uh, Games-wise, can't fault. 
gives me what I want from those classic franchises plus the NES stroke SNES online stuff. Zelda was astonishing and being able to introduce the kids to Mario Kart has been a joy. Looking forward to this device hitting its stride games-wise in the next few years while the next gen gets up and running. Oh, and the Pro Controller, my favorite controller on all platforms for feel and for battery life. Let's just... That reminded me, thank you for your comment there, Dubai Jim, much, uh, very much required as always, your uh, feedback on the show. But I was out in the garden the other day and I was playing, trying to play Vita, couldn't see a thing on the screen, couldn't see mm. that thing. Yeah. Had a look at the old boy playing Minecraft, although it was slightly faded, perfectly capable to play. In, yeah, in bright sun with no shade required. That is testament to that machine. Yeah, very much testament because it means it can be used outside on holiday. You know, the kids can sit in the sun without the need to go and like hide under a parasol, a rock, yeah, a rock, and play their game. You know, with a blanket over them. Yeah, so that's, that's one thing I did know. I did notice. I was like, wow, you know. This is incredible. It's almost got like an e-ink-like screen, but color, where it can be seen. Uh, I was very impressed with that. Very impressed. Uh, um, do you want to take one more listener comment? Because I'll do the last one um, at the end after the rest of the uh, the feature. After my, what? where do you think we're going to go with that? Uh, okay, Tech Mart Reviews. He says, the Switch, just like the Wii, has changed how we think about gaming. The Switch has shown us that we can have great games on the go without sacrificing on the quality. I think Nintendo in general likes to push boundaries of how we play games. As far as third parties are concerned, I think it's had a great showing from most companies and they continue to drop more games on the platform. Yeah. Thanks for that, Tech Mike. Always nice to hear from you. Um... Where are we at? Well, um, let's uh, have a look at the the present position in the market for the Switch. 2020 is looking very promising already for Nintendo, even uh, with the current pandemic in the world is in. Nintendo mar- uh, marketing for the new entry in the Animal Crossing series couldn't come at a better time, providing escapism to a tropical island and hours of fun in the animal-crammed uh, life sim, helping many escape the current lockdown. Animal Crossing has uh, even become the biggest selling game over three days in Japan, selling 1.88 million copies, more so what. than any Switch type before it. If you and Sting is out of warehouse. Another big event this year is Mario's 35th anniversary. And uh, if rumors are to be believed, a Mario's All Stars 2 package, including three or four of the 3D entries in the series, along with a deluxe version of the Wii U hit Mario 3D World that are going to be coming out even I would raise an eyebrow at that I might even get me hand in my wallet for that 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 would be good yeah if you had 64 Sunshine Galaxy you got three great 3D platformers there some of the best um, the rest of Nintendo's 2020 lineup is still very much a mystery, though, uh, and it sadly could change due to a lot of production and physical dis- distribution grinding to a halt. That being said, though, it doesn't stop us thinking they have a strong lineup to go against the next generation of consoles. Even with Nintendo's carved out niche, it will need to pull out all the stops to compete with the bigger boys. Um, just before we go, though, George, where do you see them going next? Well, this is what I've been thinking about. 
and I, the switch has been a rip, an absolutely rip roaring success for them, and much needed after the Wii U. Let's face it, people were giving the Wii U the sort of Dreamcast vibes and saying it might be Nintendo's last console. But anyone who knows anything about gaming knows that they were making a lot of books out of the handheld market. So when they did the Switch, they combined their handheld console and their normal home-based console divisions into one. So now they've got the Switch. They can't now go and back the 3DS or come out with another DS. That side of the market's dead. They can't now go and do a Wii U or anything like that. That side of the market's dead. So they've engineered themselves into a corner where they're handheld, docked, and on-the-go gaming device. This is where they're taking their company. Now, this has been this has been all very well and good, and it's certainly allowed them uh, a breath of fresh air and a push to the forefront of the games charts and the console selling charts. It's the, you know great stuff, but and this has always been a concern of mine. Have they engineered themselves into a corner? Um. Potentially, yes. I think the limit of the hardware is really going to come into... Um, can you hear me okay, mate? Just double check. Unfortunately, Sorry. I can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the hardware is going to become a problem with the next gen a little bit. I still think we'll see a, a pro sort of version of the Switch maybe next year. I still think that's something in the pipeline. See, this, is my, this is one of my concerns. I just don't know where they're going to be able to take it next. Uh, it's just just a, just an upscale because even some developers now are saying they could potentially put PS5 and Xbox One, Xbox Series X games onto the Switch. Just means to be severely downgraded. But if the Switch was able to ramp that up, which the technology is out there to do now, I um, don't think. I don't think that's. I think that's a little bit. I think they. I think when the SSD implementation of the Xbox One X and the uh, PS5, well, the Xbox Series X and the PS5 hits its full stride. Those games, the way they're ripped off of the SSD, is that going to be possible on a Switch? Ooh, um, it's not, is it? I, I, I think, no, realistically, they're just going to say no. And it, even if it was, it'd be a mammoth undertaking that no, no developers really want so to go this is This is my concern now. They've engineered themselves into a corner of always now being a handheld straight one you can dock and put on your big screen. But Yeah, but for if you look at the success of the Wii, admittedly there was failures with the Wii U and now the Switch is a success. I don't think I think they have that niche in the market. They are their own thing. They can do their own thing. They have the strong first party. They have some third party support. So is is their next console then? Yeah. I mean, is it gonna be one that you can take on the go? Or are they going to bring out another Game Boy or a Nintendo DS? Or you see what I mean? They can't. They can't really come out of this now without always now no, being no. handheld, it's, stroke it's, home docked console. Yeah, I mean it's a really good point, and I can see where you're coming from. I personally think they're not. It's really hard to predict what they'll ever do, isn't it? They're very. They move in mysterious ways. Um, they do. But yeah, uh, yeah there's only one I, company. That could uh, compete with them for mysticism, and they're not around anymore. And it's Sega. Yeah, um, who potentially I've heard maybe being bought out by Microsoft, but that's uh, more rumours and, and completely off topic. But yeah, going back to the oh, Switch. Oh mate, if that happens, 
I'll be mm. devastated. Yeah. Um, but going back to that, yeah, I think they've still said that they're not fussed about being like graphically competitive with with the other companies. So yeah, whatever they release next is is going to be different ways to play. Yet yet again, and probably, I don't think they feel that fussed about if they can get a few third parties on board who will make games specifically for that console. They're fine. They know after the Switch, people will stick with the name as well. Um, Nintendo's always going to be popular with the younger generation as well. So I think they, they've got it covered uh, for a few more years. Yeah, definitely. But uh, we better read out the last listener comment to take us to the bridge. Uh, we've got to give me an intro. New listener, please. Oh, new. Yes, yes, my liege. New <laughs> listener. Thank you very much. You may go now. Uh, Nintendo Switch Light and More, uh, a great Instagram page if you want to check it out for anything Switch related. They say the Switch is a very successful experiment, but at the same time, kind of a natural step for Nintendo. If we look at the sales numbers, handheld has always been what brought Nintendo the highest profit. Gaming wise, it combines the best of two worlds and made, uh, made gamers dreams come true. Bring your AAA tiles with you literally anywhere makes it very easy and effortless to just pick up where you left off, especially when you're busy with, you know, real life. I think it has changed the way consoles can evolve moving forward and show how Nintendo keeps pushing the boundaries. Mm, that's, another, I think that's, a, that's another point. Nintendo seems to sort of get pushed into a corner, not really able to compete graphically with the, the bigger boys consoles as we call them so they came yeah. they came out swinging with motion control they came out swinging with the U, with the tablet which was a good idea but it was like the switch but not quite uh and now they've come out with the switch and there was there was concerns that every that the other console are you done what are you doing you organizing your memoirs yeah, sorry, I was just checking the script. <laughs> they, uh, um, they came out with the Switch, and I think there was a lot of fear that Microsoft and Nintendo would feel that they, uh, Microsoft and Sony would feel they were going to have to come out with like a handheld dockable version of a console. But they've decided not to go down that route after getting suckered into the motion control market. They're not doing that again, are they? No, um, definitely. Part of me wondered when we saw like the Xbox. Uh, Series X or the PS5, whether the controller would have a screen in it, or yeah, I do you know, or there'd be a tablet that you rip off the side of the console, <laughs> take with you, or or something bizarre. But luckily, that's not happened. So Nintendo have managed to not influence the market in the same way they did with the Wii. Yeah, I think that that's that's good for for all parties involved. PlayStation, Xbox know their role. Nintendo know theirs. I think if it can carry on like this, it's good. Good for everyone, um, definitely, and good for the industry. Well, we that must was say the thank you to the uh, the new listeners. Um, yeah, thanks Hannah for traveling. And um, you'll find gentleman that you just read out. I've moved the script around, so I can't find his name anymore. Help me out here. Yeah, it was uh, it was Nintendo Switch Lite and more. Yeah, who you popped? So he must have slipped you uh, thirty, forty quid. Is that the going rate these days? 
Uh, not in front of Phil. He doesn't know about that. Well, he does now, but... Phil the producer, I'm out in all of your crimes this week. Phil the producer, you are. lots of work to do to stitch this rather ripped tapestry and make it look like a... Our show's very much like a magic eye from the, your, your parakeets in the background again. Uh, <laughs> our show's very much like a magic eye from the 90s. If you stare at it hard enough, something will pop out. Um, Absolutely. Talking of magic eyes from the 90s, Here's a man that's keeping everyone's spirits high by uh, punting magic eyes from the 90s round, putting them on people's windows so they can use the glass to actually get the effect they need to see through and the 3D pop out. Because he doesn't enter people's houses, because although he's immortal, he still might catch catch corona. He's playing it safe. He don't want to take it it over to young Wayne, does he? Is Wayne survived, no. or is, is, is it just, just Sting, Ray? Just survived? Just, just Sting. Just Sting. Oof. Yeah, a moment of silence for Sting, Ray's family, then. <laughs> Gone. Glove but never forgotten. Tracy and Wayne axed in a heartbeat. That's uh, pretty brutal, Tom. Uh, and you it expect is. Him, you still expect him... <laughs> your fingerprints all over the blade that axed his own family this is very weird and yet you still expect him to drive down the drive and drop you off games and VHS's on a weekly basis well here he is though he, <laughs> uh, he's loyal he's for a loyal peak in what we're, well you know the grind is real Tom it's time for a peek in what we affectionately <laughs> call Stingray's boot what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battle for Endor this week these are new release highlights for April 13th to April 19th, 2020. Listeners, these are out on digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be region dependent. Have you picked out a VHS, handsome or what? Um, yes, I have, actually. You have? Okay. I have. I have. Oh. Boom. Have you picked out a mummy mummy? Uh, no, there's nothing on there. You have to nothing. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. Phil has now produced, and you need to sign on completion of the show. I'll go with uh, the second one. So, if you want to take the first one, ever the one for the dad jokes and the innuendos. He's not fit. He's not safe for work. Is Tom? He's picked the second (laughs) title. I'll go with Hellpoint. This is my mummy, mummy. Hellpoint on the PC, April sixteenth. Hellpoint is an intense action RPG taking place on Irid Nova, a derelict space station soaked in an intoxicating dark sci-fi atmosphere. Fight dreadful creatures, face the cosmic gods, and unravel their twisted story. Should the challenge be too great, play with a friend in local or online co-op. I tell you what, Tom, saying the word cosmic gods, this isn't my mummy mummy, my VHS. That was my mummy mummy game. But my VHS isn't this, but that reminded me of Ulysses 31. Never heard of it. Ulysses, Ulysses flying through the galaxies? No. Oh my goodness, gracious me. You better slip yourself onto YouTube on completion of this because you just found your new favourite TV show. Ulysses 31. You're the sci-fi man, aren't you? And I'm like the fantasy Sort of this man. is this is both combined into a cartoon. Oh, is it? Well, yes, that sounds all right. With one of the very best th- soundtracks ever made. I'm very surprised you haven't heard of it. Mm. Everyone at the other end of the at the other end of the 
these words have transmitted down the microphone wire into the machine. They've been coggled up and now they've wound all the way up the headphone wire and into people's headphones through their car speakers, through their home podcast device. And they're hearing this blatant, just, I don't know, flagrancy from you of never having heard of Ulysses. Unbelievable. Okay, I'm sure I'll get lambasted on uh, on the Discord. You, anyway. Everyone on the Discord put three fire emojis and 31 and at Tom. I think that's... Is it a roast? Am I going to get roasted? <laughs> yeah, you, um, you anyway. The fieriest of roasts for that. Here's my uh, mummy mummy pick. Save your nuts, PC, Xbox and Switch, April 16th. Go nuts in this insane one-to-eight player chaotic arena party game. Put your cooperation skills to the test over intense physics-based battles, mixing casual offline modes and competitive online modes. Uh, my Also, my VHS this week is yes. The Three Musketeers, starring Kiefer Sutherland and, um, I believe, uh, Tim Curry as the Cardinal Richelieu. Have I now? I'm a bit. That's a good pick. Now I'm a little bit nervous that my mummy, mummy, which was going to be Sequest DSV, I've had before. Hmm. Roy Schneider's vehicle. Uh, I don't think you have had that. Submarine based. You know, in a world where ninety percent of the Earth always with the nautical. Always. <laughs> One, one, one prize. That's the only reason I'd pick dreams up, you know, would be to cobble together some sort of 18th, 18th century naval simulation game. <laughs> anyway, Sequest DSV, uh, good series. Should probably check it out. After, after Sharp last week, we've got to nosedive the quality in the floor and go for Sequest. is <laughs> uh, another game oh, next. in the boot. Pull out. Here we go. Move out the way of the dirty... Um, oil-covered jack and the screen wash. Lying here is a copy of Shooting Blaster Big Bang Boom for the PC, April 16th. Who says the Switch gets all the shovelware? It's uh, the PC as well. Are you going to shoot? Yes. Are you going to blast? Yes. Are you going to make a big bang? Yes. Are you going to make a big boom? Yes. So what do you get? Shooting Blaster Big Bang Boom. Come and have some fun. It's a good time. Mm. Uh, next up, we've got the Zed PC Switch. Uh, you say Zed. PC. I'm only joking. <laughs> it's either Zed or Z-H-E-D, uh, but we'll leave that to the imagination. Uh, Zed is an instant classic puzzle game based on simple mechanic. Builds on to increasingly complex puzzles that challenge you to a level you would not imagine. No timers, no clocks, no starts, no tricks. Just puzzles for you to enjoy. Nice. Actually, I'm going to... This this last game now, this, actually, if you're a Switch owner and you're separated from your loved one, this game is actually quite unique. Might actually... I might actually upgrade this. This is a secondary... This is a Mummy Mummy Part 2. I'm going to ask for Hellpoint because it sounds bigger, boy, because it's got space, RPG, and derelict space stations. But this one, a fold apart, PC Switch, April 17th. In a world of folding paper, there are two sides to every story. This looks like a beautiful game. 
And I mm, I've seen this advertised. You need to pick, someone needs to pick this up and let us know. Tom, get a code, get Ninty, get Iriwata on the phone, whatever you call him. He's probably dead. That's fine. RIP, so, one of the best in the business. So is Chegwin. There ain't nothing money can't buy. Right. <laughs> get him on the phone. Tell him you want a code for Fold Apart. I want a review from you next week. How's that sound? Okay. How, yeah. much is, how much is a Fold Apart? Two ninety nine. Like no, good, it'll be more than that, I think. Like a good mobile game, it shouldn't be any more than two ninety nine within app purchases. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's the boot empty. That's it. Those that paid attention at the top of the show know that Odders has got a mad cat steering wheel from a charity shop. And he's gripped that all the way through the show. And we've arrived at the point where I ask quite politely, Tom, what are you hoping to play? Uh, I'm going to be finishing off Final Fantasy, I think. Are you going to get that finished? Mm. Side quests, platinum, one and done. Here we go. Yeah, I think so. Platinum? I, I'm ri- uh, oh, no, because platinum requires you to play it twice. You've got to go back to it on hard mode, which I don't think I'd do. Great game, but it's one you probably play once because of the story. Maybe play it like 10 years down the line, but that's not me. It's not the style, is it? No, you need um, to trade that. Didn't you get the special edition as well, or Fancy Pants? No, no. You just Time's got the hard. Edition. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and the usual online shooters, I think. Nothing new for me. How about you? Uh, well, I've got to finish Assassin's Creed Rogue, which I'm quite excited about. I want to... <laughs> I don't mean to be rude to Ubisoft, but I think I've played quite enough Assassin's Creed. I'm, <laughs> I'm so knowledgeable of the engines in this in this first batch of games. I haven't moved to the the PS4 ones that I know how to, I know how to break it. I know how to get out of. I know how to hide. I know how to do all the stuff. If I get if I get spotted now, I know what to do. I know how to break the enemy's line of sight. I know what the enemy's line of sight is. I know how to you know, break the game to work to my advantage. That's a man who's played a little You've bit. Become too, the game. Has become the game. He's played a little bit too much Assassin's Creed, and that for that reason, Rogue's just dropping like a fly. I mean, I'm not getting 100 percent synchronization now. I'm bored of getting that. Oh, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm getting all the little pickups and all that other drivel. I'm unlocking some of the challenges that I feel are achievable um, within the time frame of playing the game without going full bore on it and to be honest I don't know how old that is now probably an 8 year old game uh, so I'm interested to play either Arkham Origins as I said at the top of the show all that time ago or um, I've got a copy of a game called Azura's Wrath not that well known but uh, I picked out a couple of old magazines the other day and I was flicking through and the game interests me so Mm. I, I might give that a play or I might just randomly spin around in the game room and wherever my finger points <laughs> is what I'll play next. I think you should do that. I think you should do that, a live video of that as well. <laughs> on, on on the Insta page, I want to see you oh, do that. What a car crash. What would that end up being? Just get like a, a plastic bin or, or something or a bag, put a load of titles in and you've got to play what comes out. Yeah, but the thing is, if you fill the bag with titles, you're going to put in games that 
that you might want to play. It's probably got to be a bit more random than that. So maybe I've got get to the get, ki- get the kids to put them in. Get the kids to put them in. Oh god! Oh god! I was thinking. Oh god! I was thinking about getting a bag, <laughs> closing okay. my eyes, and then just grabbing chunks of stuff off the shelf. Put it okay. in. Okay, do that. Shake it up. Put my hand in, and then pull something out. And whatever it is, Sequest DSV on the Mega Drive. That's what I'll play. <laughs> get it done. Okay. Right. It ends up being a. Th- 80 hour epic that's not very good <laughs> I'll be disappointed you never do yeah never doing that again no right well is that it the end it is it's time to say goodbye the time for the final curtain it is alright well you can't go anywhere Tom just put the brakes on slow down because you're contractually obliged to listen to this next piece of script <laughs> Give it, give it your best. Are they all waiting for this? Yeah, they can't the go best. either, can they? They're like, oh, no. might be a bit more shy. Come on, come on. I've got, I've got to get on. I've got to get on. I've got to go and sit in the other room and stare at the other one <laughs> for another four hours. <laughs> the boys are giving you a little bit of something extra, a little bit of... There's going to be no post-credit action. Because... If it was an RPG, it would be a filler side quest. Oh, is this what this is? Yeah, this is the side quest about like collecting before the final boss battle. Lost yeah, this, cats. What's coming up is the final cutscene before the credits. So yeah, so they've hung on a little bit. They've got another fifty p's worth out of you there. Look at you. I charge for this. I charge <laughs> for this. We're in overtime now, so every t-shirt sale is now all my money. Okay, all right. Well, there we go. At that rate. Yeah, he's happy with that look. Uh, we ought to really. We should we get... record one of these one day. What like video? video? Yeah. That means I'd have to put some clothes on. Mm, it would. <laughs> and sort yourself and, and sort yourself out. Just, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See you, mate.